Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is power. Another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry. Me. What's up, Jerry? What up, Pat? Oh, not like much. That. Not much. How you been, man? Uh, I've just been cheeky. I've 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 been great. No complaints. That's good. That's good. You've been playing a lot of Magic. A uh, fair bit. I've been, uh, you know, still rocking the Hogak on uh, Magic Online, yeah. which has been nice. Uh, which well, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about uh, this episode. But yeah, um, nothing too crazy to report. Just, you know, hanging out, doing some leagues, yep. uh, you know, getting some. Uh... The great thing about working from home, Pat, is I can like do a little bit of work, play a league match, yeah, that, do a little bit of work, pretty dope. play a league that's match. That's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I, I do not have that uh, that opportunity doing what I do, but uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I know you haven't been playing any uh, cube. Ian uh, was talking a lot about cube on uh Last week's dead format, and uh, you 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 didn't even know that it was up. So I'm not going to ask. Yeah, you I completely going. <laughs> I completely missed Cube. Like I guess it's just, I'm just in such freaking autopilot, uh, and I always just ignore all the banner ads and all yep. that stuff, that junk that they throw at. Yeah, you. the stuff that you're conditioned um, to ignore, to, to specifically ignore. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> to the chagrin of advertisers, but yeah, I totally forgot. So I uh, I will play some Cube. Um, I've I've been uh, just skipping past it. I guess. Yep. Uh, though I haven't played any magic in like the last three or four days, so if it's if it's like in the last three or four days, maybe that's why. Yeah. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. I've been uh, remodeling my kitchen, Jerry. What turned into like just painting the kitchen has been like redo. I've redone the floor, like put in new lights, did a new fan, done all the trim, did all the did painted all the walls. I was yeah. Well, I- I I saw the pictures, Pat. You put you know over ten thousand magic cards on your floor, and then epoxied over them. Yeah. So now you just have a a magic card. Yeah, yeah. Kitchen floor, which is awesome, yeah. but probably just lowers the value of I, your I, home I, tremendously. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, you know what I did is I used reserveless cards, so I think actually it's going to raise the value of my home. Ah, there we go. <laughs> we'll have the uh, the real estate agent. We'll coach him on that talking point. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, before we get into this week's episode, we had a couple of new patrons. Wanted to shout out uh, Bert Wilson. And I, be- I don't know if I shouted Ben out last week, but Ben Bedecker both uh, joined the Patreon uh, in the last couple of weeks. So I wanted to give them a, a hearty thank you and welcome to the, uh, the Patreon uh, uh, family there. And um, yeah, if you want to support the show, you guys know where to go. It's patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. Um, Jerry, are we getting those raffles up this week, man? I know we talked about doing them uh, the last week, but it seems like uh, that time has passed and and uh, the dead format thinks they're going to beat us in fundraising. Apparently, they want to have some kind of contest and uh, forget that every year we've done like fundraising raffles for for charity that we just we just beat them, like smoke them because <laughs> we locked them out of the Facebook page and they have no way of communicating with their own fans <laughs> once they're not allowed on the LAL Facebook page anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke or is it <laughs> yeah yeah no, no i'm just gonna i'm gonna lock him out for the next 30 days and uh and tom and ian are gonna have to figure out i guess they're gonna have to like just call like the, all their all their friends in canada and see if uh they'll send them i don't know what what is what's canadian dollars is it like uh uh, loonies 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 and dewies <laughs> so i guess yeah i guess i'll have to figure that out. they'll have to get teabag tom to send down some uh i don't know some ducats whatever they use up there exactly so yeah that was my fault i totally spaced on uh posting up the raffle uh last week but i will post it up right now we're gonna put the uh the first raffle piece up it is a uh wow i just blanked <laughs> what's the white version of gaia's cradle uh Sarah Sanctum. Sarah yeah. Sanctum. Thank you, mysterious voice in the, in the, from the curtains. <laughs> we have a uh, we have a Sarah Sanctum up as the first uh, raffle prize, nice. so I'll uh, get that posted up today. Awesome, awesome. All right. Well, uh, since since we have our uh, our guest is just jumping on us because we are Jerry and I are completely brain dead today. Uh, Jerry, why don't you introduce our guest this week? Yes, welcome back to the cast and my inspiration for playing Hogak these past couple weeks. Uh, coming back on, uh, last time he was on, he was just finished up uh, Top 8-ing Eternal Weekend. Uh, we have Drew... Co- is it Cobus? It's I, Cobus, I feel, yes. 
Cobus. Uh, Drew Cobus. The uh, welcome. It is, is spelled. It, it, it is pronounced as it looks, uh, but I have heard every single misspelling of it <laughs> on the face of the planet. Um, so for some reason, it trips people up a lot. Um, but I'm glad to be here, peeking out of the curtain on the the Conan set and just <laughs> correcting your monologue. Uh, Appreciate it. You know, we all we all need a little help sometimes, especially Jerry. <laughs> hey, I got a, I got a lot of friends who try to play Enchantress and try to make it work, so I'm very familiar with Sarah Sanctum. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks, Roger, for coming back on, man. Yeah, glad to have you me. back. I'm uh, I'm excited to be here. Hell yeah! Now. Last time you were on, you were talking all about Hogak because it uh, it took you to the uh, the top eight. Vengevine's a hell of but, a card, uh, dude. It is. I've learned the power of Vengevine. Also, uh, Stitcher's Apprentice. St- yeah, that should just Stitcher's Suppliers. That nuts. Is, that card is oh, that yeah, card Stitcher's is supply. that card is Ancestor Recall stapled to Dark Ritual. It is exactly. It's just like, <laughs> yep, let's do this thing. <laughs> like. I've literally had it like, yeah, I just don't see how I'm going to win here. Like, I I'm think I'm pretty dead, but I'll just see what my, oh, it's Stitcher's Supplier? Okay, I win the game. Yeah, <laughs> there, There's a lot of times with that deck where you're like, all right, I need to top deck something. You go, well, that's a Stitcher's Supplier. That's a redraw. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just another, like, dorky one drop that is 100% force of willable. <laughs> like, I, the, I think the most insane one I ever got was I played Stitcher Supplier uh flipped over three venge vines and then because stitcher supplier is a zombie i could play grave crawler that was already in my graveyard <laughs> yeah yeah and play that brought back the three venge vines my opponent my opponent just like is excuse me <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah you go from like nothing in play and like no cards in hand to attacking for 15 yeah. and you're just like yeah top deck top deck mode into three venge vines yeah, <laughs> feels good man yeah, it feels real always, good. I'm glad it happened time. on Magic Online because uh, if that happened in paper, I think my opponent would accuse me of stacking the deck. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, today you're coming on. You wanted to talk about a different deck. I did. I wanted to talk today. about my baby. Your baby, a little KOTOR. Indeed. Knight of the Reliquary. Uh, there, was, there was a period in my life where uh, I walked around with a deck in my bag that I, I simply referred to as my stack of pretty ladies. <laughs> um, and it was, it was uh, Modern Bant Nightfall, and the pretty ladies in question were Knight of the Reliquary, Tireless Tracker, and Tamio Field Researcher. Excellent. And yep. that carried over into me getting into Legacy and being like, wait, there's another Reliquary deck in this format? <laughs> Hell yeah. Several. So, there's actually several knights yeah. in that format And now. so my, my pretty ladies are now uh, Knight of the Reliquary and Mother of Runes. Gotcha. So you going for a, uh, a Maverick build? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So uh, is Maverick kind of your, your fun deck that you really like to play when, you know, maybe things stay, or maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, <laughs> but, you know, is it? You know, Hogak, your competitive deck, and Knight, your uh, fun so deck? For, well, for, for a long time, uh, Maverick was just the deck I played in Legacy. Um, like, last year, last year I played... Uh, so, I actually got my first sort of uh, big um, sort of event place with, with Maverick. Uh, last year, it... Uh, I want to say it was SCG Pits... No, it was SCG Philly. Uh, it was SCG Philly and, uh, it was a team open and I had my team set up. I was going to play, uh, I was going to play modern or standard, I think. And, but I showed up with legacy just in case because I had a friend who was able to lend me like all the cards for, for Maverick. And I was like, all right. So I showed up and I'm in the car with some of my friends and both players on my team have to call out. Oh. I'm in the car to Philly, and both my my teammates drop out. And this is why I hate team tournaments. <laughs> uh, and one of them, one of them was a very good friend of mine who was uh, coming in from trucking, and his truck broke down. And another one uh, just sort of flaked for, for whatever reason. Um, he was someone I'd met at a couple events, but uh, so I'm in the car on the way there, and I'm like, man. And so I'm I'm like trying to find a new team. I'm like, I can play any of these formats. Like, just someone, someone give it to me. And I ended up uh, like right before registration, being like, nope. You know what? I'm just gonna play some side events, and I'll play the Legacy Classic tomorrow. That's what we'll do. So I went. I four owed a side event. I three won a side event with Maverick, and then I went and I got. Uh, 13th place in the classic because I, I, uh, I was apparently not familiar enough with how combat works. And, uh, <laughs> I let, 
Uh, I made a misplay against uh, Alex Han, who ended up winning the classic uh, in like okay. round three, where I uh, let him kill one of my Sanctum prelates. And this was this was Maverick with Renin Six around. Mm-hmm. I was playing Green White oh, Maverick wow. and casting Mother of Runes into Renin Sixes. Like it was, <laughs> it was rough. It was a rough time to be playing Maverick. But yeah, basically, if you don't get that turn one Mother of Ruins, you never do. And even then, probably. Not. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was like I had uh, I was playing against. Uh, uh, this was this was the day where uh, the day before I was pretty confident in seventy four of my seventy five cards, but I lost to Loam really hard because the Loam deck was insane because it was playing yeah. Renin Six and uh, Liliana the Veil mm-hmm. and was just like gonna blow me out of the water. And I was like, I need something that this deck can't beat. I need something I can put in play that this deck cannot beat. And I went over to one of the vendors and I was like, I want to see all of your green white creatures. <laughs> I'm flipping through like a binder and I go, We did it. We found it. And I pull out a copy of Sagarda, Host of Herons. <laughs> yeah, that thing is actually a real pain I put, in the butt, I've I, found. I put that card in my sideboard. Game three, uh, round one against, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, someone with SEG, um, Abe Stein. I'm playing against Abe Stein. And it's game three, and we're both in a top deck war. And I just go, all right, Sagarda, Host of Herons. And he just looks down at it and he goes, yeah, I don't know how I beat that card. <laughs> yep. And he draws, like, his next few draws are, like, uh, Magmatic, Sinkhole, and, like, True Name Nemesis. And he's just like, all right, I guess I guess it's over. Um, <laughs> and so that was that was my big sort of, like, all right, I'm really into this deck. Um, and I played it at a local one in Richmond and, like, lost my win in a top eight to Hogak um, in that event. That was when they were playing uh, Zombardment. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, as far as... Uh, me playing Hogak and doing the the uh, Eternal Weekend stuff, that was a last-minute audible because I just got really upset losing to Oko three games in a row with yeah. with uh, with Maverick, and I was just like, I don't have enough time to test different builds. I just I need to do something that is like linear and I can just throw together and that I know how to play. Um, and so I just was like, let's, let's jam some Hogak, and it did really well. Nice. So really, you're a, a Maverick player at heart. You know, Definitely. you have all, all those good memories about the deck. Oh, for sure. Like I, like I, I think I mentioned it on the last time I was on here. My license plate is one G W K O T R. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm in a little deep on that one. Definitely. Uh, so how do you feel about the deck in the uh, the meta right now? Is is Sigarda still in your sideboard? Uh, so Sigarda is in my green white sideboard. Uh, but I don't think the straight green-white build is in the best spot right now. Um, I've played around uh, over the last couple weeks. I've been trying to qualify for the Mana Trader series. Um, and I may or may not have spent too much time trying to get green-white to work and be good and losing to elves <laughs> to actually qualify for that. Um, oh, no. <laughs> but uh played around with a few other um other variants and i think i think that maverick's in a reasonable spot the biggest issue is that elves has gotten very big Mm -hmm. and so you have to be ready for it so i've actually been gravitating towards ye old punishing maverick oh uh and Mm. sudden demise is a hell of a card I do like as a uh, as a former uh, four color loan player i do have a soft spot in my heart for uh punishing fire Punishing fire is uh, is a heck of a drug. It is. Uh, it, what it, what about the meta right now? Because punishing fire is a card I feel really flows with the meta. Um, right. You know, if you have a lot of creatures with two two toughness or less, punishing fire decks tend to be good. Right. <laughs> uh, like back in the day when like dark confidant was such an important piece, like punishing fire was amazing because you were killing like dark confidants and stoneforge mystics and you know young pyromancers and that was when it was great and then we moved away from that format and punishing fire fell off a little bit how's it feel i think so punishing fire is is a reasonable card against like death and taxes yep um it's a little bit worse a lot of lately yeah a lot of death and taxes and i think because of the surge in death and taxes we're seeing a lot more elves and punishing fire is also very good there if you can get it going early um, and a big thing that, that had me gravitate towards Punishing Fire is that Punishing Fire is actually really good at pressuring Planeswalkers. Yeah. Um, and just a little bit of pressure on Oko is really all you need to actually be able to take it down with Maverick. Um, especially if you can get an early Mother of Runes. Because Mother of Runes keeps them from elking you. 
uh, which is you really need, important. You need mom's need mom's grace to not be polymorphed yeah. into a deer. <laughs> there was there was a period of time where I was testing Abzan builds with no mother runes. Um, like I think there was a period of time where I was doing because uh, um, actually a friend of mine uh, locally who uh, I know has been on here before, Romario. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he. Uh, he and I have talked shop on Maverick a few times, and he had a build that was playing no Mother of Runes, no Thalias, was going heavier on lands and planeswalkers, and playing um, Sylvan Safekeeper as a Green Sunsable Mother of Runes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that I've one, seen builds like that. That build oh, was a lot cool. of fun, but it's in a weird spot right now, because you really need to be able to like have a lot of mana right now. Yeah. Um, but And having access to Pyroblast in the sideboard um, has been big. Uh, for for the the Naya build. Now this is where it really starts to blend in with like four color aggro. Um, do you feel that those decks uh, have very distinct play differentiators, or is it really just the difference of a color? Um, I think I think they've got different different play styles. I think because um, the the four color uh, like the the four color loam you know four color aggro stuff is like very much more of an engine deck. Yeah. Uh, and it's looking to to it, it has the draws where it can outvalue you, but it's also just looking to like get you dead very quickly. Um, yep. And the with Maverick, it's a lot more of trying to go on the mana denial strategy, and then when that doesn't work, just outvaluing your opponent. Um, and I think I think it's it's similar in that they both play a lot with Knight of the Reliquary and like. Sometimes you just do Knight of the Reliquary shenanigans and you just do that a lot and, and you win games that way. But I think I think that they're they're sort of different enough that um, different people will gravitate towards them. I I kinda see like Death and Taxes, Maverick, uh, Naya Maverick into four color aggro. To me feels like one of those like graphs where you just see like the gradients of color like slowly bend blending. Yeah. <laughs> going like left left to right. Well, cause because Maverick like... is very much like, okay, what if we took death and taxes, but we played green creatures? <laughs> right. Uh... <laughs> Um, just it's all about steps, right? Yeah. You know, you got you always want to be one uh, one step bigger than your opponent. For sure. You don't want to go too too much bigger because then they get under your under your guns. Yeah, that is the it's strangest been... analogy, Jerry. I don't know how that <laughs> I don't know how that metaphor works. You've You're never, trying to be one step ahead, this... or they go under your guns. Well, no, it's just like it's just like when you're when you're playing. The, it it's more applicable to standard. Drew, back me up on this. It's more applicable to standard in that. When you're trying to figure out the deck that you want to play for the meta, you always want to be like a half step to a step above yes, your opponent. Right. No, I completely. But if you go like two steps above them, then then they just out yeah. they out. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. It's just your metaphor was hilariously awful. That's all. That's all. <laughs> I was only commenting on the metaphor. What? The, the idea behind it was great. We just didn't understand the words coming out of your yeah, mouth. Yeah, like, yeah, J- Justin, Justin, run it, run it back. I want everyone to hear what Jerry just said. Something about be one step ahead, but you don't want to be too far or else they get under your guns. You sound like Yosemite Sam. It's, like, it's ridiculous. I say, I say, I say, I say. Yeah. You, know, you, got, you always want to be one uh, one step bigger than your opponent, but you don't want to go too too much bigger because then they get under your under your guns. I say, I say. <laughs> no, not Yosemite Sam. Uh, that's a uh, foghorn leghorn. Yeah, foghorn leghorn. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Oh, but so, but yeah. So that that's kind of where uh, Maverick falls on the spectrum for sure. Um, and it's Maverick's a very interesting one because Maverick has so many different flavors. Uh, like there's people who are trying to play it more like Death and Taxes with Stoneforge Mystic and like Sanctum Prelate and going straight green white. Uh, playing things like Gaddic Teague and stuff like that, um, and then there's the the Abzan ones that are leaning in on like um, uh, Kaya or Zavia Serper to like help fight Uro um, and and Astrolabe and stuff, and are and are playing like you know you've got Plague Engineers, and I've seen some with Kuneros, the uh, the the Theros dog, which mm-hmm. is some hotness <laughs> uh, wow and so it's it's strange seeing so many uh non-green creatures in these green sun zenith decks um but a lot of it's out of necessity um do you think the deck will ever get to a point where it doesn't want the green sun zeniths or do you feel night of the reliquary like you just always want the green suns for your dried arbor and your night of the I, reliquary? I think that there are so many good green toolbox cards that you're just always going to want it 
the yeah. the biggest honestly the biggest thing right now for playing green sun zenith is making five copies of questing beast mm-hmm. really questing beast questing beast is I... insane right now huh okay uh i think que- i, I would have thought like runa map excavator because i see a lot of green sun zenith oh excavator is definitely in the deck but i think questing beast is one of the bigger questing beast uh bigger things for for the deck right now um it's a card so, like, that's just you, very good at pressuring uh, planeswalkers. Right. It like is it because oh, I because it it has the um, it can't be blocked because of some. It, it can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. Oh yes, and it that's is basically any non-beater in legacy. Basically, it is a card with exceedingly too much text on it. <laughs> um, yes. I just pulled it up here. It has a lot of text. It has, it has vigilance. Here. Uh, here, uh, let me, let me see if I can remember from, from memory. It's, it's got vigilance, haste and death touch can't be blocked by creatures yep. with power two or less. And whenever it deals uh, damage to a player, you can deal that much damage to a planeswalker. They control. And it has one other line of text that you missed. <laughs> Vi- uh, what, what is it? What am I missing? Combage. Combat damage that would be dealt by creatures you control can't be prevented. <laughs> the the most ignored line of text on that card. I have had so many people block it with Progenitus. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, and, you can still block with Progenitus. Well, it just the, can't be prevented. Well, they they block it with Progenitus and the Progenitus dies. Oh, Because wait, it, it gets around it be... protection. Because protection prevents the damage. Okay. It does the I get same that, thing. How... It does the same thing to True Name Nemesis. Oh, and because it's Death Touch too. Right, because it's so got it... Death Touch. Oh, so even though Progenitus has protection from everything, you can still apply Death Touch, which still takes effect. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's the the biggest part of that is, and True Name Nemesis isn't in as big of a presence right now, but yep. definitely like True Name Nemesis has been a, a rough card for for Maverick to beat. Mm-hmm. And when your opponent goes, "Here's a True Name Nemesis," and you're like, "Okay, cool. Here's a Questing Beast." It's a four four. Block it with your three when I dare you. <laughs> uh, so that's that card has been very good. Has overperformed every time I've put it into play. Uh, wow, I am seeing it, Questing Beast in a whole new light. Knowing that interaction now with yeah. you know Progenitus True Name, and I'm sure there's other corner cases that that would come up in. Yeah. Um, also, it's a really good card to attack by itself with Exalted Triggers. Yes. Also. Would it work? How does that work with Mother of Runes? Can Mother of Runes... It's... So, so Mother of Runes gives protection, but Questing Beast yep. specifically says damage creatures you control deals. Oh, and it's not even for Questing Beast. It's literally your whole it's team. It's literally your whole team. <laughs> oh, damn. It's literally all your creatures. So, like, they can't even block Thalia with their true name nemesis. It's great. <laughs> oh, Wow. Yeah. It gets around. It gets around. Like I don't know if any wild mad lads are trying to play like fog in their in their decks. Y- you but. were not kidding when you said that that is like the most ignored line of text. <laughs> yeah, that matters. Yeah, so that, much. Wow. Uh, that was that was a a line of text that I was gotten by a lot early in the card's life, <laughs> playing against a friend of mine, and he was like, "I'm gonna point something out to you that I'm sure you didn't notice, but this card ignores protection." <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Because it was like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and block with Knight of the Reliquary and give my uh, Knight pro green with Mother of Runes. And it was like, all right, cool. They'll trade. And I was like, what do you mean? That is a card that is like, thank God Magic Online exists. And for people to learn those rules interactions on Magic Online, because I can guarantee you, like so many people just playing paper events, maybe at their local game stores without the benefit of a, a experienced judge. Yeah. Like they would just play that wrong left and right. Absolutely. Another another one of those that actually comes up in, in Mavericks on occasion is what do you do when you have two Sylvan libraries in play? <laughs> Oh yeah, no. Even even better. What used to always happen at uh, that's entertainment, the store I went to go, I went to in uh, college, uh, was what do you do with two uh, Sylvan libraries and a chains of Mephistopheles in play at the same time? I <laughs> just giving nightmares for the judge staff. That's that's where you like call a judge and they do the like dial up tone, <laughs> and they just like blue screen and have to reboot. Unless you get the judge at our at our at uh, that's entertainment because it came up so often he just basically had it on like memory where he just spits out we're like if this then this then this if this then this <laughs> they have it posted on the whiteboard behind the behind yeah. the tables 
It's yeah. like, we know that half you assholes are doing this. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> um, was it just me? It was uh, Aaron, Aaron Gazinga as, as well. Oh, yeah. Yep. That sounds like something he would do. <laughs> that that makes my head hurt. <laughs> yeah. That, there's a reason I don't play the card Chains of Mephistopheles. But it's so good, and uh, you know, just you gotta add one more color, add one more color to that Naya Maverick list, and uh, go for black, and you can sideboard <laughs> some chains. Why would why would I sideboard in chains of Mephistopheles when I can just sideboard in like uh, what's the the white three one uh, Spirit of the Labyrinth? Yeah, Spirit of the Labyrinth. Spirit of the Labyrinth is very good. Also, like I can also just board in Tireless Tracker and outdraw them. Like yeah, like it doesn't really matter as much. Ty- Tireless Tracker might be the best green creature that's ever been printed. Ooh. Though actually, I, wow, that is, you know, I can see that. I I that might sound like a tall claim, but I have seen a tireless tracker eat an Emmercool, so I'm not going to <laughs> Yeah. I'm not going to debate that. That card's so good. <laughs> Sometimes that card draws you seven cards and you're just like nice miracles deck. <laughs> uh what was it? It was at the uh last Leaving a Legacy open pat. We had that match on camera where the Emmercool attacked into the tireless yep. tracker. The Maverick players sacrifice all the uh, food, all the uh, treasure tokens yep. <laughs> to the Annihilator trigger, and it's Tyler Striker still gets the plus one plus <laughs> ones from it because it just says and sacrifice. Stri- yeah, it just became it became huge, and then the the Maverick player lived, and then the Tyler Striker just swung back and killed it him. It was the impressive. <laughs> <laughs> That's that might be my my new favorite rules interaction. <laughs> that that and blocking questing beast with Janice. <laughs> That is that is some fun. I will say, like for me, when someone asks me about like your ideal classic legacy, it's like old school Esper Stoneblade versus Maverick. Yeah. Like that is some of my favorite ma- magic. Like I would take that matchup and like if I could play only one matchup at a desert island, it would be that. Yeah. The the blue white Stoneblade deck from Renin Six format was a lot of fun to play uh, Maverick against. That was a really sweet matchup. Yeah, it's just a matchup where both players have a lot of decisions to make, and it really feels like each decision is the Razor's Edge. Yeah, for sure. Well, that was also that was also a time where both decks were playing Palace Jailer. Yep. And it was, yeah, it was just like, all right, well, now we have to fight over Monarch. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that's a, that's a project that I, I might do is... Uh, just make a collection of like magic history decks and just like get like two that would be matchups from a point of time that were just really enjoyable to play and just have them as like a dual deck. Yeah, that sounds that sounds sweet. Um, so you're talking about like countertop miracles mirror match? Is that what this is? <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, that's Ooh. <laughs> Pat's Pat's first choice. <laughs> <of the gauntlet. laughs> okay, but like. Ooh. I got I got things to say about countertop miracles. <laughs> <laughs> I took yeah you, you got to get something so, off your chest so, for what like four four years. So this this actually uh, t- I'm breaking the rules a little bit. This technically isn't legacy, but I feel like it's legacy adjacent. So uh, go for it. Right? Do you guys remember uh, the first SCG con when they changed the uh, the invitational uh, from just like invitational weekend to actual SCG con? Yes. And they did the no ban list modern open. Yep. Yes. I took countertop miracles to that event. <laughs> there is no there is no greater joy that can be found in a game of Magic the Gathering than countering a um oh what's the the five mana hasty Eldrazi? Oh uh Reality Smasher. Oh uh Reality Smasher. Yeah, reality There's smasher. no greater joy than countering Reality Smasher with counterbalance, flipping to Fairy Hero of Dominaria. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, that, because not only do you counter their five mana five five with haste, but now they know you're drawing to fairy next turn. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then you play it and you draw a card and then you untap two lands to let you activate top for your counterbalance. <laughs> it was the best. <laughs> yeah. I feel um, like you guys I aren't do... really letting it sink in how amazing this was. <laughs> I I can understand it. I understand that it's more the PTSD. It's more the PTSD than anything. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Sensei's top was a mistake. Uh, 
Uh, I still wish they had banned uh, Counterbalance or Terminus instead, though, because I do feel Sensei's Top is a lot of fun for other decks. Yeah. Mostly I'm speaking from my uh, Sin Prodder Sneak and Show <laughs> deck. <laughs> Let me tell you, Sin Prodder plus Sensei's Dividing Top and a deck full of Emrakuls and Grizzlebrands and Omnisciences is, is uh, a lot the, of fun. You're playing the Red Gear Hulk too? <laughs> yes, and the Red Gear Hulk as well. <laughs> Uh, I won so many events with that. I built, I beat Reach, uh, Rich Shea in the finals of the Wormwood Open uh, wow. to win with my Sin Sin Prodder. Also, it was running. It was splashing white for Nahiri. <laughs> Uh, the one that like ticks up and when it uh, ults, you can search your library for a creature. <laughs> so uh, right Nahiri now, the Harbinger. Like, that yeah, card. Nahiri the so, Harbinger. That card was the marquee of Jeskai control for a long time. Yeah, it was uh, it was during Eldrazi winter, and I and I I splashed white for moat for all the Eldrazi's. <laughs> oh man, the uh, so you're not gonna like what I have to say, all but right. in my collection somewhere, there is a sin prodder that has been torn in half and taped back together. <laughs> Because because Sin Prodder was the first card I ever ripped in a game of Flip It or Rip It. That's awesome. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that's awesome though. Because that was that was right around the time I got back into Magic the Gathering was around Shadows of Innistrad. Yeah, because um, I started around Dark Ascension and then uh, all my cards got stolen. No, and then, uh, and then I came sucks. back. I came back at Oath of the Gatewatch, and then I uh, my first open was. Uh, Release weekend, uh, uh, Eldritch Moon. Nice. And I played, I played Green Black Delirium with Tireless Tracker and Ishkana. So, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever beaten Bant Company by ultimating Liliana the Last Hope, but <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's uh, that is, my, in my opinion, the biggest crime of uh, these overpowered planeswalkers is. We don't get to play a lot of the older cool planeswalkers. Yeah. Liliana, like, the Last miss, Hope is uh, just such a sweet card. It is, and it's just like there just isn't a place for it right now as long as Oko exists. Yeah. But like it, it was so good. And then also like Liliana the Veil, like Liliana the Veil was already on its way out the door because of Liliana the Last yeah. Hope. But uh, yeah, um, I think I, the, I want some more diversity in the three mana. The last time, because the last time Liliana of the Veil really hit a resurgence was with the Ren and Six Loam decks. Uh, Right. Because cause they because Renin Six was your X one killer, and then Liliana came down to take care of the big stuff. Yep. Um. So you didn't need Last Hope as much, but like they were still boarding Last Hope. Um. One of my one of my early sort of departures from Maverick, uh, when I was still playing a ton of different things in Legacy and like trying some stuff out in my local events because we had like local like proxy tournaments and stuff, and I would like try different things. I played Burn for a while, mm-hmm. but uh. Playing uh, like Grixis Pyromancer with Liliana the Last Hope and Colagon's Command was just some of the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> like when you're when your Death and Taxes opponent goes like Stoneforge Mystic, and then the next turn they're like Batter Skull, and you go Colagon's Command, kill both things, and they're just like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm also gonna make a one-one because I've got a Young Pyromancer in play, and then I'm gonna use it to flashback a Cabal Therapy and take another thing from you. Oh god, that's dirty. It was really uh it was really gross until someone played Sylvan Plug against me and put a Centaur Vine Crasher into play. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I don't think most people would. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, man, there it is a lot of uh sweet things to do in the mid-range. It it's always good to kind of if people haven't played in the, that area before, you know, pick it up and try it out. Even if you don't think you're going to like it, it's still worth kind of experiencing it because I do feel that is where a lot of like the, the quote unquote, like plays happen where you, you really make these uh, interesting games and decisions that can really affect the outcome of the match. And it's just really enjoyable gameplay. Absolutely. The, the, the reason that I gravitated so heavily towards Maverick is cause it, it gives you like, sometimes you just like, your opponent doesn't exist in the game and you have to have that ability. Mm-hmm. I feel like in, in a format like this where you're just like, all right, turn one, noble hierarch, turn two, Thalia wasteland, your only land, you know, nice Delver deck. Uh, but there's so much sort of like breathing room and like play to it. Some of the best games of magic I've ever played have been with Maverick. Hmm. Um, I, I played a game against, uh, 
Black Red Reanimator in one of those side events back in Philly. And my opponent went like, you know, I was like on the play because I lost game one. I put Noble Hierarch. I was on a mold of five. I put Noble Hierarch in the play. <laughs> and I had a I had a Caracas. But he went and, and did some crazy stuff like uh, what's the free thought sees um, unmask. Mm. He unmasked me for uh, my swords to plowshares and then did a bunch of stuff and put like a uh, he put um, Chancellor yep. into play. Chancellor of the Annex. Yeah. And I was like, oh, crap. This Caracas doesn't do anything. But then I drew uh, scavenging ooze. And so then the fight just became me with a scavenging ooze, eating all the things that had already gone to the graveyards and racing yeah, and, and racing Chancellor of the Annex with scavenging ooze. <laughs> and then like scavenging ooze is the most annoying card. I just want to say <laughs> being someone being who's been playing Hogak for a lot for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Scavenging ooze is, is now at the top. Of the <laughs> that, card's, that card's hilarious, but sometimes you just trample over it. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's just not fast enough. But um, yeah, it's it's a it's another card, not as bad as Deathrite Shaman, mm-hmm. but similar mirror match things where you're just like, ah. <laughs> it's like you play you play scavenging use your opponent plays scavenging use and you just stare at each other for a, for a minute and you're just like all right so so this is what we're gonna do yeah, for the rest so of the game. So this is what right? we decided to do today. This is what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna play a, like chicken. <laughs> Uh, especially in the Night of the Reliquary Mirror, where you're going after each other's lands in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's it's a time, um, but that's that's uh, that's one of my one of my favorite cards, and and that's another card that is like the reason I think Greenson Zenith is going to stick around for a while, because that Collector Oof was a huge one that we got, um, and like Ramen of Excavator, uh, and honestly, the uh, one of my favorite. Uh, Green Sun's targets in in the Naya build right now, Clothis. Clothis, really? Yeah the the new uh, Grill God. That's the it does like two damage. He on... uh, let's see uh, he's been popping up in some Teamer Delver lists uh, in the sideboard. Yeah, Clothis, God of Destiny. Yeah, so indestructible. So one red green for a four five indestructible legendary enchantment creature God. As long as your devotion to red and green is less than seven, it isn't a creature. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, exile target card from a graveyard. If it was a land card, add red or green. Otherwise, you gain two life and Clothos deals two damage to each opponent. That card is so good in the long game. Yeah. Because, like, if you've been, like, sort of trading resources back and forth with, like, a Snowco deck... And then you just like land this Clothis. It keeps uh, Uro in check, and it just kills them. Mm-hmm. Like if the game just goes for a few more turns, it just burns them out. Um, and it's really difficult to interact with, while also being something you can Green Sun Zenith for. I think also not to un- uh, you know forget is the life gain i feel incremental life gain is huge in this oh yeah for sure it's between uro and oko food tokens and scavenging ooze and yeah this as well it's it's very good against delver as well just being able to keep you from burning out and like exiling things so they can't uh it back is is really good (laughs) yeah it's like i'm gonna take that lightning bolt because you've got a uh, dreadhorde arcanist in play um is is really good and uh dreadhorde arcanist is actually the the main reason i'm playing two path exile on my sideboard right now because hmm. that card is a problem i'm wondering have you guys noticed any infect lately i feel infect should be good in this meta but it just we haven't seen much of it i think infects in a weird spot because yeah like so it's it's one of those weird things where like it's a deck that technically gets to play oko yep um, cause the, the modern version was playing Oko for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. and it's got the tools. It's very, you know, explosive. It does the things. The issue is that like team or Delver's around and they're playing a bunch of lightning bolts and you know, they've got a stack of lightning bolts. That's not as much of a problem with the legacy version because you've got invigorate, but like there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of removal going on in the format right now. And I think that makes infect a bit harder. 
Um, also, Plague Engineer was a bit of a rough blow for them. Oh, that's true. I always forget Plague Engineer. Yeah. Like, this deck would be cool, <laughs> and then Plague Engineer. <laughs> I mean, you say that, but like, also, Elves is still one of the better decks yeah, right Elves now. Elves is very good right now. True. Like, that's very that's true. why I think, I think because I've seen people trying to play the Bant version of Maverick, but I think mm. you just have to be either Abzan or Naya, because you have to have access to ways to beat Elves. Um, yeah. Because Elves is I, a... I, is a problem. <laughs> Man, Alice or Shepard. That card. A lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of stuff. Is, a lot of, yeah. You know? Um, turns out if you can't kill their first six creatures, they're going to kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, plus, like, I love it when your elf opponent is going off and then you, like, force their uh, uh, glimpse of nature and you're like, yeah, I stopped them. And like, okay, natural yep. order. And just <laughs> damn like, it. <laughs> like the, the one, two elf punch. You're like, damn it. Well, and it's one of those things where like Maverick can't even board in um, Chalice of the Void to stop elves anymore. Just because Allosaurus Shepard. Right. Yeah, because Allosaurus Shepard. You just go Allosaurus Shepard and then you glimpse and the glimpse gets to be cast through the thing. And you're like, all right, cool. We're just going to yep. sit here. I've, uh, I don't care. I've gotten a lot of use out of the F6 button on Magic Online <laughs> recently. It's like, all right, I'm going to let you put 50,000 dudes into play. Um, a, uh, uh, so that's why that's why I've gravitated towards the, the red version is just you need removal. You need to kill a lot of mm-hmm. things. Truth that. It's, it's unfortunate because, like, there's a lot of decks that I think, like, there's a lot of matchups that I think are actually pretty good in the format right now. Like, I think you're, you're reasonably favored against Death and Taxes because their mana denial strategy mm-hmm. isn't as good against you, and you go yep. bigger than they do. Yep. And then I feel pretty confident in like the I think the Snowco matchup is close, but I think it's definitely better than it used to be. Um I think it's better better with the the three color versions than it is with the, the single color. And then like Delver is always gonna be an interesting matchup because you know, Delver should be good. Um Well shouldn't Punishing Fire help you in that? Yeah, Punishing Fire uh, is matchup. a big help against them. Unless they put the big... Dreadhorde Arcanist or uh, Hooting Mandals in play. Uh... Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. Is like I I remember playing Four Color Alone and getting really annoyed against uh, the Dreadhorde Arcanist decks because that three toughness, that three toughness matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really um, does. But like I said, that's why I've got two Path Exile on the sideboard right now. Um, yeah. And then like the graveyard decks are not a terrible match. Like Lands, Lands is always going to be a good matchup for Maverick. That's... Just one of those things where your opponent tries to do that to you, and you're like, "All right, we're we're okay." Because <laughs> uh, I don't know, just the things that Lands is doing just isn't uh, isn't really good at beating the things that Maverick's doing, um, and being able to like, it's like, okay, you've got four crop rotations in your deck, but I've got one in play that gets bigger, <laughs> and it's gonna kill you. <laughs> I always love doing the uh, Maze of Ith psych out with Knight of the Reliquary. Oh, yeah. Like swinging in, mazing them, then tapping to activate Knight of the Reliquary. <laughs> there were there were a couple of times uh, where I was trying to play around with uh, playing the green-white Maverick shell, but putting um, Depth Stage in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just put one, yep. one Depth, one Thespian Stage, just so you can backdoor into it if you need to. I loved, uh, this was a deck a few years ago, uh, but it, it was Bant, Knight of the Reliquary, and uh, what was like the Zendikar Landfall, the blue Zendikar Retreat Landfall. to Coral Helm. Yeah. Yes, you're, Coral you're, Helm. So you're Knight. talking about, you're talking about the deck. modern deck that got me into Knight of the Reliquary. I'm very familiar. That, well, I, that, it was, uh, it made a small crossover into Legacy. Yeah. Well, I think it started um, there. Just because yeah, it started as that's a where Knight deck and, um, thrives. A bit more. Right. Um, yeah, that deck was so much fun. That's so fun. I kind of want to bring remind it back. Us, but. Remind us the combo, how the so, combo works on uh, it. So Retreat to Coral Helm uh, has Landfall uh, where you can pick one, uh, as is with all the retreats. You can either scry one, which isn't relevant, or you can tap or untap target creature. Oh yes, <laughs> and and Knight of the Reliquary says you can sacrifice is a plains a, or forest a creature. to go get a land, <laughs> and it's a creature that gets bigger with lands in your graveyard. So you essentially get to loop for as many lands are in your deck that you can get, um, and using fetch lands, you can actually tap down all your opponent's blockers. 
Yep. Um, which just makes it so, like, if you have a Knight of the Reliquary in play that's not summoning sick and you play Retreat to Coral Helm, nine times out of ten you're going to win the game. Right. Um, you just make it a 20-20 and switch Yeah, in. you're just like, all right, I'm going to make this a 20-20 and you don't have enough blockers, so we're going to do this. Uh, the... And then if you really need it to end the chain, you can choose, get a uh, Sajiri Step. Sajiri Step, yeah, it. was the was the the big like way to end the chain if your opponent just had like too many one ones. Like if they just had like yep. a bunch of like, you know, young pyromancer or like uh, empty the warrens tokens. Um mm-hmm. my my favorite that I did in modern was I actually splashed red and played Kessig Wolfrun. Oh, that's a lot of fun. I remember. Because uh, um remember when Kessig Wolf Run and Primeval Titan were in standard together? <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> I don't I don't want to talk about it. Uh but the the fun thing too is that with the loop, if your opponent doesn't have enough blockers for it to be scary, you can actually if you have like a noble hierarch or a bird's paradise in play, you can use all the landfall triggers to generate extra mana with the fetch lands because you can use it to untap the mana dork. To float extra mana to pump into your Kessig Wolf run, yeah, that's yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of Nightfall combo. Huge and trample, huge and trample. Big big trampling. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's probably my favorite combo in in the game of Magic: The Gathering. That is such a that is such an awesome combo. Man, now I want to bring that deck back. <laughs> <Yeah>, right? <laughs> it just it just sounds so bad right now though. 2015. 2015 is when this was a thing. Hell yeah. Man, if I oh, if I play that deck on... Oh, the, the issue is that like that deck gets so much more expensive because then you have to play blue cards in it. True. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, I have, to, I have to play Tropical Island now? Well, that's the wonder of uh, Magic Online. Uh, you know, I, I, I will always give Magic Online the props that it is the, probably the best way to just quickly try out any deck yeah especially uh, if you've got if you have enough of a cap on your mana traders uh <laughs> yeah oh i am like believe me my uh my mana trader senior status is a coveted possession of, <laughs> of mine <laughs> i'm uh eventually hopefully gonna gonna raise my cap so i can play some real decks but uh yeah, what I find is uh, I basically own, like, a set of Force of Wills and a set of Fetchlands because yeah. pretty much no matter what I'm going to play, I'm probably going to be running those in those decks. And once you have those, most decks are within reach. That's fair. And, uh, well, the big one the big one that's been making a lot of these decks pricey online has been Force of Negation. I know. It, that card's, paper, like, what, too. 80 tickets online? It's, like, $80 in real life, too. Like, I need to get a pair of Force Negation still, and I've been holding off because they're just so expensive. Yeah, what does it think yeah, it is? Actually, Days can... in 2017? What the hell? Four? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is true. Days was uh, $50 in 2017 yeah. on Magic Online. According to uh, MTG Goldfish, two copies of Force of Negation online is more expensive than a full set of Force of Wills. <laughs> It is 154 oh ticks for two Force of Negations. Jeez. Oh, my God. It's only like 125 for a set of will- Force of Wills. Because Modern Horizons. Um, Continuing to fuck us. Oh, like always. Always. <laughs> Just every day. The cards, the print run, everything about it. I hate that set. I hate it. Okay, but like also that set had some really cool cards in it. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think that it was off. I think I think that the it was offset by the amount of fucking misery it, it laid upon our feet. But whatever. What was it? Uh, it gave us it gave us Renin Six. It gave us Hogak, which I guess was more of a problem in other formats. But uh, should I bid on this foil Russian force negation on eBay right yes, now, absolutely. guys? Absolutely. Why haven't you already? You should have. Right. You should have asked. It should have just been, "Hey guys, this is what I bid on this actually, foil force negation." Actually, no. You shouldn't bid on it. You should cl- there, there should be a button on there that says "Buy now." Yeah, just buy. Uh, oh, true. Buy true, true, it, you true, coward. True, true. 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 And then offer true, it up true, for true. the charity raffle. <laughs> there you go. See, now you have to do it because it's for charity. <laughs> And that, and oh, if you don't do it, man. you sound like an asshole. That's true. So, what is the uh, what is the current bid on that, Jerry? Uh, Four hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I get honestly, that's lower than I was expecting it to be. Yeah, well, it looks like they are lower than I thought. So, uh, if you just want a plain old, out of the pack, force negation, they're going for about fifty bucks right oh, now. That's not terrible. I uh, 
the right after Modern Horizons came out, I may or may not have gone on a bit of a tear and won like four boxes over the course of a couple weeks at local events. Uh, one of which being a popper tournament. <laughs> um, and I opened like two of them and I think I sold them for like 60 bucks a piece. Nice. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was the time. I didn't open a single Ren and Six. I was so angry. But now you're not. <laughs> but now I'm not. I opened... Uh, I mean, I still so am. That's a I- sweet card. But. <laughs> I, when I went to Pro Tour Barcelona, the format was uh, Modern Horizons. And even though my draft pool, pool was garbage, like I didn't get any good stuff in my draft pool, they give you nine packs of Modern Horizons just for showing up. Oh yeah, as like a as like the gift prize. And the first one I opened had a had a Renin Six in it, <laughs> so I just went over and I like sold it to a dealer at a dealer booth for ninety dollars cash. Yeah, you know, at the event, I'm like, oh, this just paid for dinner for like the next three yeah, nights. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, what was it? I because uh, the think. I think it was either the first weekend or or like one of the very soon following. Uh, I went to uh, Grand Prix DC with some friends of mine, and mm. uh, uh, shout out to my buddy uh, Nico Davaye who uh, got second in that event. Um, but uh, the 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 like PTQs and stuff. If you four two, you just won a box of War of the Spark. <laughs> Oh, if you four two, yeah, if you four two the like PTQs, <laughs> you got enough for a box of War of the Spark. That's that's an event. It was I like, can get I mean, behind. it was well, and it was it was it was uh, it was uh, uh, Modern Horizons sealed, I believe. So it was like it was like a sixty dollar entry, but it was still just like, all right, cool. I'm gonna go into this. I'll four two. Like I like built like a Soul Herder deck, and it was just like, all right, um. Man, I miss I miss side events at large events. Oh, side, like, side events and uh, watching someone walk around trying to pack to power. That's the best. Yeah, I had a guy. Sure. Uh, uh, so day one of that same GP, a guy walked up to me and was like, uh, hey, I'm trying to do pack to power. Do you have any trade stuff? I'm just I'm not looking for anything specific. I just want some kind of raised value. And he started the day with I think it was a pack of one of the master sets with a graph diggers cage. This is rare. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. By the end of the second day, he had a playset of Chalice of the Voids. Uh, and he had a playset of um, Celestial Colonnades and, like, some Prismatic Vistas. And he was just like, what is happening? He was like, yeah, I think we think we think that on this track by the end of tomorrow we'll have a Black Lotus. And I was like, wow. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Um it's true. Shout out to uh, Jonathan Medina. We should we should catch up with him. Uh, we had him on the cast a few years ago. But yeah, he's the guy who invented Back to Power. He wrote an article series about it, and it just like blew up from there. So uh, it sounds like a good time, but it's way more effort than I'm willing yeah, to do. Yeah, way too much. Yeah, like you have to be like into trading in order to do it. My uh, speaking of side events uh, and continuing that tangent a little bit, I have to tell the story of my favorite side event format I've ever played. Do it with uh, a very good friend of mine by the name of Rick Paul. Uh, we uh, we scrubbed out a day one of some event, and we had made a deal with each other that if we scrubbed out, we would spend day two playing nothing but two at a giant events. <laughs> and we walked over and we saw that Sunday had a two headed giant full box sealed Ixalan. Nice. So That's awesome. every pair got a box of Ixalan to build two 40 card decks out of. And this was Ixalan. So it was just tribal centered. And so I think that's doable. I think that's doable. Yeah, it was great. (laughs) And so we showed up and we, we started opening packs and we were like, man, Oh, vicious conquistador attacks for three because when it attacks each opponent loses one life. Oh, and because it's two headed giant. Yeah, and the um and the the like the vampire hellrider. So usually in two headed giant, the games go longer and they're kind of grindy. And so everyone built their decks like that. But we were just like, wait a minute, what if our curves just top at four and we play super aggro decks and we just both curve out on people? <laughs> right. We played. So we played against uh, a pair. We ended up like three oneing because we ended up getting like uh uh the uh the big dinosaur and like cobbled wings stuff and it was like okay we'll give you that but uh we played against a, a couple of guys where we just went like uh one two three four they were dead yep and 
totally innocently, my buddy Rick leans over to me as we're packing our cards and he goes, so what do you want to do for the other 45 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> and the guys across the table were so tilted. You could tell that it was, it was two guys who, like, one of them scrubbed day one and really didn't want to play, but his buddy was there to play side events and really wanted to at a giant. <laughs> and, and the guy was so close to flipping the table on us. Because, <laughs> I mean, it turns out you can just kill people on turn four in that format. Um, and that was, that was probably my favorite side event I've ever That's played hilarious. in. <laughs> we, we, um. quote, we quote that, like, way too often. That's like I think my favorite side event was Eternal Weekend, probably back in like 2016, I want to say. And uh, I scrubbed out of the main event, and I entered the side event, and I ended up uh, doing really well, top eighting the side event, and I got enough tickets that I like. I went up to the to the booth. I'm like, all right, what can I get with this? Like, oh, you can get uh, you know, two booster boxes and a couple packs of like the latest standard set. And I'm like, ah, sure, whatever, I'll take it. Like, what else am I going to use these these tickets on? And then as I'm walking away, I look up at the top shelf. I'm like, how much are those uh those packs of revised those uh <laughs> starter packs of revised? And he goes, oh, about the same. I'm like, oh, and I just hand the booster box and packs back. And I'm like, I'll take the single uh, starter pack <laughs> revised. Thank you. Hell yeah, that sounds that sounds way better. Yeah, so that's I actually still have that uh, that starter brick well, what of was, uh, what was the standard set uh, back then, twenty sixteen. Uh, uh, yeah, twenty sixteen. I can't even remember. Uh, probably you. Theros, Born of the Gods. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, that's that sounds. Oh wait, right. no, 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 no. I'm sorry. No, uh, cons. No, not cons. Kaladesh. Uh, Kaladesh. Yeah. Was that Kaladesh? Yeah. Oh, was Kaladesh yeah, that long was... ago? Yeah, I think it, it was Kaladesh. Uh, oh no, yeah, uh, yeah, yep. no Kaladesh. Apparently, uh, yeah, it was uh, like Shadows of uh, Shadows of Innistrad came out that year too. Oh, okay, yep. Okay. Also, uh, Conspiracy Take the Crown. Oh right, that was one of the most fun draft formats I've ever played. Yeah, I do like those. Um, like I really wish with un- unhinged, unglued. Like I really like those. It just feels like such a waste because when you finish the draft, you're like, "Well, I'm never really going to use these cards again." That's why you build a cube. <laughs> uh yeah, but that's just—it's not the same. Yeah, it just really isn't the same. Uh, well, conspiracy take the crown also gave me one of my favorite cards in the Abzan Maverick deck, which is uh, what Kaya. Kaya, yeah, yeah, Kaya's pretty good. Kaya is another one of those cards in the same vein as Clothis where like you can just put it in play in the long game against game against Snoko. They can't deal with it and it's just going to kill them. Yep. Definitely a big fan of that one. Uh, as, as my sort of attempt to, to bring things back to, to that. But <laughs> yeah, we were talking about Maverick tonight. We kind of just skimmed over it. <laughs> we talked about Maverick. We, we talked about we Maverick a lot, but uh, yeah, we got we got some good. I don't know. Ideas. I didn't I didn't want to be known as the guy who took the Legacy podcast on a, a memory lane for draft formats. Uh, <laughs> nah, man, that's that's what we're all about. That's what we're all about. Listen, if we can have an entire episode on cell phone plans, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure I've got Verizon. Uh, <laughs> That's that's a throwback for the uh, the OG fans. Season season yeah. one of Le- Leading yep. the Legacy. Wow. <laughs> Way back into the vaults. Uh, but awesome. Should we start wrapping it up, Pat? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's do. Uh. Let's do scoops and poops, Jerry. Scoops. Who do you want to scoop into top eight this week? I want to scoop into top eight. Uh, the Vintage Cube on uh, Magic Online. <laughs> I am, oh, the thing that you're not playing? <laughs> yeah, the thing I'm not playing. Thank you for not jumping down my throat this year. My bank account thanks you. It really does because <laughs> nothing lights my money on fire faster than powered cubes. I will, there, I will play a powered a cube and, until and- the... Castle There's gonna be a decline in Q4 rankings, and, and like, and, and 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 they're gonna try to figure out how where they went wrong in quarter four, right? <laughs> I I will say I'm I'm definitely with you there because there was definitely a Christmas a couple years ago where all of my Christmas money went into Vintage Cube. I got like a hundred bucks. I got like a hundred bucks. My grandparents. At the end of the week, I was like, why do I only have ten dollars in my bank account? 
Also, didn't you say you spent the majority of your uh, eternal weekend winnings <laughs> on Vintage Cube? I spent, I spent, well, because uh, my, my eternal weekend winnings went into a bunch of leagues to test for the next eternal weekend. And so I still had a whole bunch of like stuff that I did with that. And so I think I have 100 play points left, <laughs> which, which is enough to keep playing Cube for a while. <laughs> you yes. just have to and two one. Uh, you won what, like uh, five hundred play points or something? How, how much uh, did you win? I think it was, I think it was five hundred play points and then a hundred chests and the yep. full Zendikar set, uh, which good. all turned into money to pay for my car insurance. Uh. <laughs> uh, womp womp, adulthood. Womp womp womp. But yeah, that was a good time. Awesome. Uh, what about you, Drew? Who do you want to scoop in? Uh, I actually. Uh, this is somewhat for reasons not re- not related to magic, but uh, re- involves a, uh, I guess, at this point, former member of the magic community at large. Uh, I'm going to scoop in Jeff Hoogland. Uh, I've been a big fan of his stream for a long time. And uh, Sunday, uh, Saturday night, I was uh, streaming uh, some uh, some card games, some, some Legend of Runeterra and a little bit of magic. And uh, he dropped in and gave me a follow. And I was like... I've never fangirled so hard. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's my that's my scoop for this week was just like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Hoogland, huh? Yep. All right. Okay. <laughs> um I have I don't I don't have any scoops this week, Jerry. No scoops kind of, this week. No. No. You know what I, I wanna just say, like, I wanna tell my kids parent like uh teachers to stop emailing me so often. Like I get two, I get over communications from my kids' school, and it's really annoying. Like just because they can't email me, please, please don't email me every day. Sounds to me like you should be <laughs> scooping in the block function on Gmail. Yeah, that's what I need to do. <laughs> but some of the stuff I actually need. So that's the thing is like I need like Can some. I just say I, as a teacher, like, as a teacher, please do not block your children's teachers' <laughs> emails. <laughs> Listen, I like I'm getting I'm getting emails from like their phys ed teachers. Like, oh, if you want parent teacher conferences for phys ed, for your phys ed teacher, I'm like. Why would I want that? Why would I want a parent teacher conference for their phys ed teacher? I, I just, and their music teacher. I, I'm just, uh, I'm like flabbergasted. So maybe your kid is freaking gifted in floating. Pat. <laughs> Did you ever think of that? Yes. And your teach your parent teacher conference, they could tell you just how, how, what an amazing flautist your, your boy is. <laughs> I don't know if that's an insult or a compliment, Jerry. <laughs> but compliment. I'm just gonna—I'm gonna take it as an insult because I don't know what that word means, and I'm gonna feel like you're disrespecting well, if, me. If you knew uh, what that and, word uh, means, I think it would sound more like an in- innuendo. But uh. <laughs> so, so uh, I'm—I'm I'm gonna say fuck you, Jerry, and uh, I don't like that game. And I just—I need less emails, man. That's all. I'm trying to downgrade my phone. I'm trying to downgrade my phone to a flip phone, so I get no emails. I don't even really want phone calls anymore, to be honest. With you. I just want to like be able to text people when I want to, and that's it. I will say this is totally uh, not important, but the uh, the thing that we're using for our uh, our communication here in our chat, your uh, image went away, and it's got your initials up there. So the whole time you're talking about your uh, kids' phys ed teacher, you're <laughs> represented by PE, <laughs> and it made me laugh internally way harder than it should. And I just feel like everyone should know and feel the joy that I felt. Okay. <laughs> we've come full circle there, I guess. I guess we've come full circle on it. Uh, all right. Yeah, that's all I got this week, Jerry. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, uh, Drew, where can people find you if they want to check your stream or find you on Twitter? Where can they get a hold of you? Uh, so my my stream on Twitch is uh, twitch.tv slash the8bitcasual. Uh, play a lot of... Uh, Card games, play some Magic, play, uh, recently started playing some Legends of Runeterra, as we were talking about in the pre-show. Uh, mm-hmm. I play a bunch of other games as well. And uh, on Twitter, at uh, the 8-Bit Casual 1. Because apparently, nice. it wouldn't give me just the 8-Bit Casual. Uh, Did somebody already have it? I guess. But they didn't have huh. it on Twitch, so I'm just trying to figure out who... It's, it's, I feel like, I feel like uh, PVDDR, when that was taken on Magic Online, was like, Why? <laughs> um but uh so yeah that's that's uh where where you guys can find me if you want to come hang out and watch me play some some card games sweet yeah we'll drop all the stuff in the show notes do you have like a regular stream day or is it kind of uh, like intermittent i uh i've been trying to keep it reasonably consistent uh i actually usually stream uh, on monday nights uh when we're recording mm-hmm. this but uh i'm uh taking today off 
Um, but I usually do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday nights around eight o'clock Eastern. And then I'll usually mm-hmm. do a Saturday stream, um, sort of whenever I feel like doing it that day. Nice. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, man, and, and talking magic with us. Yeah. This week, thanks, dude. sir. Thanks for having me yeah, back. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm glad oh, I yeah. didn't uh, leave too much of a sour taste in everyone's mouths last time. <laughs> no, I did a great job. Did a great job this time. Great job last time. Uh, I'm sure people are going to be stoked. Um, yeah. So uh, keep an eye out on the Facebook page for the raffles. Jerry's going to be setting, out, setting that up this week. Uh, the first raffle is for a Sarah's Sanctum, which is pretty sweet. And uh, I guess if you want to do like the, uh, the Ley Lines deck, the Enchantments deck, that's that's your guy right there, right, Jerry? Opalescence. Opalescence, yes, oh, exactly. Opalescence, that's a fun deck. I, I play against that in a in like round one or two of an SCG open uh, a couple of years oh, yeah. back, and it was hilarious. <laughs> is is that deck? I remember that? Is that another deck that got marginally better with the printing of Once Upon a Time? Uh, uh, I guess so. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. Because like now it's it's awkward, but you can keep no land hands with once upon a time because they were playing land grant and stuff so it's kind of another land right. grant. Yeah. interesting maybe it is yeah maybe it's better i think that's true i i definitely think that's true uh but yeah i remember pat you just coming up to me just like a look at like dumbfoundness on your on your face and you're just like have you ever heard of this card called opalescence yeah <laughs> uh well i i knew opalescence was a card i just never i never knew it was a legacy deck <laughs> I mean, I mean, for what it's worth, I did. I, I'm pretty sure I two owed that 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 uh, that player, but uh, it was an interesting deck to say the least. It's one of those things where, like, the first couple rounds of the Legacy event is a wild, wild west. So it's one of my favorite uh, times in the tournament. Yeah, that and like sure. uh, like uh, the the painter decks, which um, the best thing to do against painter is to board in pyroblast and then pyroblast their blood moon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. High, high life, Evie. Awesome. Well, uh, what are we doing next week, Pat? Uh, Are you asking? We never have next week planned. Is it fine? Did I miss something? (laughs) (laughs) No, I was just hoping you would sort it out for me. No, No, I don't know. No, that's not my job, Jerry. He's he's asking you to just (laughs) pick a name. (laughs) <laughs> and and then and then whoever it is just has to come on. All right, Reed Duke, <laughs> calling it now, since he won't return my Facebook messages. <laughs> Every time I do like a, a poll for like, hey, what should we do for future episodes, guys? And then all these people say Reed Duke, and Pat just gets the needle driven into his heart a little bit more <laughs> each time someone types in Reed. So Duke. I was I the the GP where they followed Reed for their entire the, the legacy GP they followed him for an entire event the whole event right every round it was yeah, it was GP, Reed versus GP, whoever GP Reed Duke yeah. yes okay so I had I had recently had I had surgery on that Friday and so Saturday and Sunday. I was laid up in bed and all I just watched it all day. It was awesome. And I was on a ton of I was on pain meds and I enjoyed myself <laughs> very thoroughly. And at the end of that, I'm like, man, I liked it so much. And I tried to get Reed on the podcast so hard. And he he didn't even say no. If he said no, I would have felt better. If he said no, I'd been like, you know what? I get it. You're probably busy making rings, whatever the fuck you do up north, like whatever. But like, he just didn't answer me, and that made me angry. I'm not upset. I'm mad. <laughs> so Reed Duke is not allowed to come on this podcast. Was, uh, I rescind. Was, I rescind the name. He was too busy uh, adding to the glorious uh, highlight reel of Ross Merriam just. Falling deeper into despair. <laughs> when he puts his head in his hands, it's so, oh, it's yeah. so good. The, the super so cut good. of all the times he's gotten just, like, this close to winning a legacy event. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, fate, fate does not smile uh, kindly upon communists, so. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cut it, Justin. <laughs> well, that's our time for that. <laughs> oh, man. All right, y'all. Hey, thanks for thanks for hanging out again this week, Drew. We really appreciate it. Thanks man. for thanks for having me back. It was a blast as always. Absolutely. All right, we'll catch you all next week, guys. <laughs>